Well, hey, welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're glad you're with us today. Hey, we're always inspired to hear how God is using this ministry from right here in Winchester, Virginia to change lives all around the world. And if you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email at amen at myoasischurch.org. Now, if you'd like to support this ministry financially so that we can continue to bring messages just like this one to you each and every single week, you can do so at myoasischurch.org slash give. Thank you so much for your generosity. You're truly making a difference. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God. Man, it's so good to be in church this morning. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We're in a series called Loudmouth. We've been learning about the, the weight that our words have, that our words literally have the power to, to, to build people up or to, to tear them down. And we're finishing this series this morning. Pastor John Holland will be speaking this morning. Amen. 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 You know, I was waiting for this for my notes. They're not even there. I don't know what's going on this morning. It's okay. But hey, I, I want to tell you this. John Holland and I... Uh, John started attending the church with his family summer and their kids probably back in September, October, somewhere in there. And his first Sunday on the way out, I was like, man, I, I know you. Uh, welcome back. It's good to see you again. He said, I've never been here before. And I thought, oh, <laughs> whoops, <laughs> that happens a lot. And, uh, and then I um, went to breakfast with him one day and on the way out of the, the diner that we went to, it like, it clicked. I was like, I know where I know him from. And how funny is this? I was picking up my kids from school one day and I was jamming out to some worship music, like hardcore. It was like, it was blaring in my car. And he like leaned into the window. I was like, I love your music, man. And he was just picking up his kids too from uh, school. So that's how I knew him. And, uh, it was cool that we got connected uh, later. Isn't that funny? Yeah. You're all like, uh, whatever. <laughs> that's not that funny. I thought it was crazy. I was like, oh man, that's cool. Well, will you do me a favor? John's our creative pastor here at the church. We love him and his family. Will you stand to your feet and help me welcome for the first time ever to the platform, Pastor John Holland. standing for a second. We thank Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Marjorie for building this thing. Jesus has built it, but without their initiative, without their vision, without what God's planning on doing, this wouldn't exist. And we're so grateful for what they've done. We get one last time a round of applause and gratitude and thanks. We'll pull this back a little bit. Well, welcome to church. You may be seated. Um, it's a good day to be in the house of the Lord, right? Yeah. Amen. Um, there's something really powerful about meeting together because there was this, in the Old Testament there's a place called the Holy of Holies and it's where God was in a very special way in a very unique time and um, no one was even allowed in there because if they walked in they would come face to face with God and be knocked out bow um, what's awesome is that in the New Testament, there's this moment where the church gets together and Jesus says, don't go anywhere, don't do anything, pray. And so they, they go back to where they had taken the bread and the wine with Jesus right before his death and they pray and the Holy Spirit falls down like fire. Why that, why that matters is because when Solomon first built the temple, they're consecrating the temple to the Lord and fire falls down from heaven to show that God's entering the place. 
was powerful is that this church, God's people, were confirmed as the new temple on Pentecost. Fire fell down on the people of God because that's Jesus. This is my new place of residence. This is my new place where I'm going to reign from. Your heart is now my home. I am with you. So can I get an amen that we are in the house of the Lord today, that we are in the holy of holies, that he's here with us here and now, and God's moving. We're not playing church today. Can I pray for us before we get started? Does anyone want to pray with me? If you want to, come Yeah, can you just come down here on the altar? Anybody else? Let's pray together. I'm not going to play games. Let's pray. On up. Anybody else? Let's go. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We're so grateful that you're meeting with us today. This isn't a game. No, it's not a game. Come on. We're here to meet with you, Jesus. And we're so grateful, God, that you're meeting with us. But that you bless the people here, God. Don't leave a single person behind, God. Leave the 99 and find the one. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. And all God's people say, amen. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you, worship team. You guys can head out and grab a seat. Get comfortable. Woo! It's going to be a good day in church. It's going to be a good day in church. Uh, my name is Jonathan Holland. I am the creative pastor here. I don't even know what that means. So Jonathan's going to have to tell you later on what that means because I'm still confused. He said, you're a creative guy. Be the pastor. I'm like, sure, let's do it. Um, but I'm, 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 you know, it's been a while since I've been on stage in front of adults. I'm usually in front of youth or I'm doing stuff behind the scenes discipleship-wise. And so um, since I was last on stage, I've become a father. Like I was a father before, but like now I'm really a father. Like um, here's how you know. Like the kids are eating like grilled cheese, a grilled cheese falls to the floor, and I pick it up and I eat it, not because I want to eat it, but because it's a farther walk to the trash can than it is to my mouth. So I decided to just get rid of it that way. That's how you know you're, like, before you're like, oh, let me make you another one, baby. And I'm like, no, you're just like, okay, now you can have goldfish, boom. Um, that's father mode, so you don't know. Um, so I'm a father, and I'm, I'm married to a beautiful wife back there named Summer. Isn't she amazing? She is, um, I'm kind of like a hurricane, and she's kind of like the, the eye of the storm. So she's like the calm, and I'm like the maelstrom, like just loud in our house. And so all of our boys are wild like we are, uh, I am, and she is a, a piece in the middle of the storm. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus. Is that okay? We're going to talk about taking a leap of faith. Have you ever taken a leap of faith before? Yeah. Have you ever, how many of you have ever done something wild because Jesus told you to do it? There's, oh, nice, four people, amen, come on, there's faith in the place, there's faith in the place. Um, speaking of holy of holies, there's this guy in, in the beginning of Luke, and kind of Luke starts here, before they get to the birth of Jesus, it starts right here, and there's this guy named Zechariah, he's going, he's been chosen, and so he's going to the, the place right outside the holy of holies to burn incense. And what's cool is that Zechariah and his wife were faithful for years and years and years, but... They didn't have any children. They've been praying for children their entire lives, but now they're old and it's, it's late in the game for them. And so Zechariah is actually burning incense, kind of like what's going on right here. Like, what, what's with all this smoke? Oh, my gosh. Are you going to call the fire department? Um, so he's burning incense before the Lord, and then an angel shows up, and he says, hey, 
what you've been praying for is about to happen. You're going to have a son. He's going to be a blessing to the world. He's going to make a way for the Lord to come. It's going to be powerful. And Zechariah says, how can I be sure this is going to happen? I don't know. This sounds fishy. And the, you know, the giant eight-foot shining, gleaming angel that he can't even really look at goes like, excuse me. Like, I came from the very presence of God to tell you, isn't this enough? He says, because you did not believe, your mouth will be shut until it happens. I don't know about you, but um, I've walked through seasons of unbelief. I've walked through seasons of unbelief, and I bet you have too, because whether you've believed in Jesus since you were seven years old, two years old, whatever it might be, Unbelief doesn't just necessarily mean that you don't believe in Jesus. Some of you are walking through a season of unbelief where you, you are doubting the promises of God. And unbelief shuts our mouth. Unbelief will keep you silent when you should speak up. I don't, there, there's, there's lots of reasons we walk through unbelief. Some of us are um, young and we're looking at the housing market and we're like, I'm never going to be able to buy a home. I do not believe. And then some of us are looking at the, econo- at the economy like, I am never going to make it out of this alive. This is going to be a nightmare. Some of us are looking at our family like, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. Shout out to all the Taylor Swift people. Um, and, and some of you are like, I am never going to be able to obey God. He's called me to this, but this is just too much for me. And so where you, while you are hearing this, you're, you're, you're actually shrinking back from what he's called you to. And it, the unbelief has shut your mouth. I remember a season we walked through that unbelief. Um, my wife and I love kids. We were both in um, child care from, you know, some of our very first jobs ever. And we all, or when we got together, we're like, we know we're going to be the best parents. And now we're not so sure. Um, but... But um, we know we, we wanted kids, and so we kept trying and kept trying, and it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, and our hearts broke every month, and it hurt more, and it hurt more, and it hurt more. And so after a while, the unbelief kind of shut my mouth. I was still walking through life. Things were still good, still believing in God, but I gave up on what I knew. I remember we were um, at the beach and it was just a, a great chance. I think it was our anniversary. And we were just having a great time. But the conversations that we had just kept turning back to having kids. And so someone's like, at the beginning of the week, she's like, I'm going to pray that God confirms that we be patient, but he's going to show us that we're going to have kids. God, show me something that we would have kids. And so I'm like, I like that. I'm going to do that too. So the very first day of our beach trip, I find this little kid's net, like not even like a big fisherman's, like a baby net, like tiny. And so um, I'm like, God, I want, if you are going to confirm that we're going to have kids, I want you to help me catch something this week. I love going to the beach, catching things, making them fight to the death, like, you know, <laughs> a seagull versus a lobster. Let's see who comes out on top. Let's, let's, let's figure it out. And um, um, so I'm trying to catch things all week. I'm, like, jumping from behind bushes, trying to catch stuff. We're on, a, we're on a bike trip. Remember this summer? We're on a bike trip, and we came up on, like, a rattlesnake. And summer's like, let's go back. I'm like, I got to, this might be what God's trying to get me to get. I might have to sneak up on this rattlesnake. And then we, we turned it back around to, you know, save our lives. Um, and so caught nothing this entire time when I usually am a very good hunter. Um, 
but we're in the la- like last 15 minutes of our vacation. We're out in the water, and we're about to kind of pack it in, go pack up our stuff, and leave. And um, a miracle happens. Well, two miracles happen, um, and you'll see why in a second. Um, so we're out in the water, and the first miracle happened. I, I feel something brush past my leg. And the first miracle is this, is that I not, did not do this out of the water. Have you, how, many, don't, how many of you have done that before? Something hits your leg and you're just like, ho, 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 And then you see your beach crush and you're like, ho, 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 walking out a little bit differently. Um, that was the first miracle that I did not make a fool of myself. The second miracle is that I had the net with me and I, without instinct or anything, my body just went swoop down the water. Didn't look down, just went whoop. And I pull out a crab the size of my head. Gigantic. This thing was a monster. And I was like, what in the world? So we go back, and um, I find a seagull, and we have him fight to the death. But other than that, God was showing me, like, hey, it's going to happen. Be ready. It's going to happen. What's cool is that at the end of Zechariah's story, it happens for him. He's actually at the – his son – has been born. It's eight days later at his son's circumcision. And this is when they also named the baby. And so they're going to name him after Zechariah. And his wife, Elizabeth, says, no, we're going to name him John. What's John mean? Gift of God. Shout out to your pastor, John. Hey, gift of God. Um, and, um, and they're like, no, 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 no. We don't like how to listen to this woman. Zechariah, what do you want to name him? So they pull out a, a, a slate and he begins to type and he begins to write his name is John. And as soon as he turns it around, his mouth opens. He begins to praise and prophesy to God about all that he has done and all that John will do. Because it was not a gift from Zechariah. It was a gift of God. And John showed up. So unbelief will shut your mouth, but belief will open your mouth. Someone say, belief will open your mouth. Belief will open your mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got a nice mouth. Actually, maybe not. If you don't know him, don't say that. That's, don't do that. I don't like that. We had a pastor last week who was like, you better shout me down. I'm, 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 a, I'm a little bit different. Don't talk to me at all. Don't say anything. Stop laughing. Stop. Oh, my gosh. You guys are disobedient before the Lord. Um, okay. So what's cool is that we all understand this, that belief will open your mouth. We all understand this because all of us had a dad that loved sports. And he never stopped talking about sports. And he sometimes threw the remote across the room. But he really loved sports, so he talked about sports. He believed in sports. Some of you really love the stock market, so you won't stop talking to me about crypto. Um, some of you really believe in your spouse, and you won't stop talking about your spouse. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You have the perfect marriage. You can stop now. Um, and so we believe in what we talk about. And, and there's something that I believe in. It's called the gospel. I believe in the gospel. Some of you have been to church your entire life and you've never had a face-to-face encounter with God. And that's going to change today. Just get ready. God's about to move and, and blow and, and some of you aren't even ready. You're not even prepared yet. And I need you to get ready. I'm looking at you specifically. I'm pointing randomly at somebody. They have no idea who I'm talking to. Um, I'm looking at you specifically. If God's moving in your heart, it's you. Um, but I found that when I came face-to-face with Jesus... And he met me right in the midst of my sin, right in the midst of my pain, right in the midst of my uh, just complete brokenness. And he had grace for me there. Grace is a fancy church church word, which means acceptance, forgiveness, goodness. When God had goodness for me, despite my sin, I fell in love, and I have not stopped 
talking about the gospel. Some of you have things that you're talking about that you love because you're talking about them. And you need to check your heart and realize that the things that you talk about are the things that you love. Right? Those things that you really believe in. And when we believe in Jesus, things change. Can I tell you the gospel for a second? I figured out something really interesting. Most people don't know what the gospel is. The gospel in the Bible means good news. Can someone say good news? Can someone say really good news? Good news. The gospel is this, is that Jesus died on the cross. He rose again, and he exchanged his life for yours. Let me say it again. Some of you missed it. That Jesus died on the cross. He rose again, and he exchanged his life for yours. The Bible says this in John 3.16. Throw it up on the screen for me, buddy. Pow! Hey! John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I love that word eternal life because eternal is not everlasting. Everlasting had a beginning, but it has no end. Eternal has no beginning and no end. Who, there's only one life that is eternal. There's only one life that is eternal that has no beginning and has no end, and it is Jesus. So when you believe in Jesus and he gives you eternal life, you have received the life of Jesus. When you get to heaven before God, he's not going to see you, insert your name here. He's going to see the life of of Jesus. He's going to see the merits and goodness and miracles and grace of Jesus. And he's going to account all of that to you as righteousness. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I'm saying that your guilt and your shame are gone. Some of you um, have trouble believing the Bible. And I'm going to tell you something even more extraordinary that you may not believe that when you really believe in the love and the life of Jesus, the guilt and the shame over the sin that you have will go away forever. That thing that you look in the mirror and you hate yourself for, that will be gone forever. Because Jesus has spoken over you a new word. He's given you a new life. If you can believe that, you'll never shut up. So let's get into the bulk of the sermon. We're going to be here for about two and a half hours. Settle in. I hope you brought your chair, like a little pad for your chair. Um, And then at the end, I'm going to be knocking people over in the spirit. Modesty clause. And hey, Summer, did you bring the snakes? We're going to be breaking out the snakes. It's going to be... Real church up in here. Can I get an amen? If you have your Bibles with you because you're holy, look with me at Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 34. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 34. If you have your phone Bible, you can also pull that up. But what are you going to do if your phone dies? You know, just carry a Bible with you at all times. Simple. Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Do we have it on the screen? Great. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy. Side note, um, there was no human that was ever holy before Jesus. So calling him holy means that he is the Son of God. Verse 36, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her 
who has been called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Someone say that with me. For nothing will be impossible with God. One more time. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. There's a theological term that I need you to say with me. Theotokos. Theotokos. Not Theotokos. Theotokos. Theotokos means God-bearer. Mary had an angel come to her and say, you are going to have a child. And Mary's response was not like Zechariah's response. Zechariah's response was like, are you sure? And Mary's response was like, how is this going to be? I I believe you, but how is this going to happen? And so the angel describes it. But Mary's ending and response was, let it be to me. Behold, I'm, uh, he says, let it be to me according to your word. Did you know, it is, a, it is a leap of faith to say yes to God. It is a leap of faith to say yes to God. And some of you, God has called you to do things that you do not feel comfortable doing, But saying yes to him grants you more freedom, more peace, more power than you've ever experienced before. And so sometimes God's going to call you to some scary things. Sometimes God's going to call you to open up your mouth and share your faith with somebody. How many, here's what I want to see. I want to see average, ordinary, everyday Christians fall in love with telling people about Jesus again. Can I get an amen? I don't don't want you to invite people to church anymore. I mean, yeah, sure. I don't want you to invite people to church anymore. I want you to tell people about Jesus. And so the next baptism service that we have, your friend will be in the middle. Pastor Jonathan will be on one side. You'll be on the other side. And you'll be able to dip them back into the water because they found life. Because you told them about Jesus. Can I get an amen? That's something to get excited about. Come on. Get a little bit louder. Come on. Talk back to me. Someone having their lives changed because you are able to take a leap of faith and open your mouth. That is a good thing. There is no bigger or better rush than telling somebody about Jesus. There's nothing better. If you've ever experienced that, it's so good. But I hate to break it to you. I think there's some things that that the pandemic and the isolation that came with it kind of stole from us. And I think some of that is the unwillingness to be uncomfortable. Right? Like, I got used to doing church online in front of a screen in my bubble bath with my coffee. And it was very good. But now, when God's like, hey, go do this really scary hard thing, I'm like, I don't know, God, can I do it in my bubble bath? And God's like, "Uh uh-uh, you're going to have to get pregnant. No. Um, And can I talk to the ladies for a second? Pregnancy. Can I get an amen? I don't know why you're saying amen. Pregnancy's really hard. Um, Pregnancy's like a super comfortable easy thing. Right, ladies? I need you to preach for a second. Right, right, ladies? Pregnancy is not a super comfortable, easy thing. So God called Mary to something that is not comfortable or easy. It might even be painful at times. It might challenge you mentally at times. But on the other side of it is new life. Ooh, I'm preaching it. Come on. That's good. Don't lie to me. You like that. That was good. It might be uncomfortable. It might be painful. It might be difficult. But on the other side of it is new life. You know, God wants you to be a Theotokos too. God wants you to be a God bearer too. 
God wants you to have Jesus on the inside of you so that you can take it to other people and watch them find life too. Someone say, take the leap of faith. Because a leap of faith leads somewhere. Can you put 1 John, I mean Luke chapter 1, verse 39 up for me? Luke chapter 1, verse 39. In those days, this is after what we just talked about. So the Mary, um, Mary gets um, told by the angel, then she goes to visit her aunt, Elizabeth, who's actually the wife of Zechariah. It all connects. It's so wonderful. Verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to the town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby, a.k.a. John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why, and, um, and why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord, she already knows that this baby in her womb is going to be her king someday, the, father, the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And, the bless, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what the Lord has spoken to her. Your leap of faith will lead to others leaping for joy. Isn't that powerful? That your leap of faith, when you say yes to Jesus, your leap of, fa- leap of faith will lead to others praising Jesus. How awesome is that? How many of you liked worship time this morning? How, how awesome is our worship team? Incredible. How awesome is our worship team in the seats down here? Incredible. Give yourselves a round of applause. Y'all sound like angels. Y'all look like angels too. This is a, an, an unbelievably attractive um, congregation. I got to say, Wow. Incredible. Um, I'm not joking. Y'all look nice. Um, I'm completely lost. Where was I again? Y'all, I was lost in your eyes, people. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so, so your leap of faith will cause other people to leap for joy. And what's cool is that her leap of faith led her family to leap for joy. How many of you, if you are wondering, if you said yes to what God has called you to do, the family that you've been praying for year after year after year, that they might find Jesus, would find Jesus. Right? Some of us are waiting on a move of God, but God has called you to be the one who moves, and then he will meet you in that moment. What's cool is that the baby leaps in her womb, which means that the next generation is leaping for God. Right? It's not just her family. There's a, there's a generation after. There's a legacy after that leaps for God because of Mary's one choice to, leap, to take a leap of faith. Mary's one choice to say yes for God has caused her family, has caused the next generation. And hey, I don't know about you, but we are inside that next generation too. 2,000 years later, because Mary said yes to God, we are meeting in John Kerr Elementary School. There's a people of faith called Oasis Church because someone took a leap of faith. And I don't know about you, but I want to leave behind a legacy of faith because I said yes to Jesus. What does your legacy look like? I'm cutting ahead of myself. I want to say one more thing before we move on from here. The very first person 
to ever praise Jesus is John the Baptist. Isn't that cool? The very first person to ever praise Jesus is John the Baptist, and he praises Jesus when he is not even yet born. Can I say something over this church for a second? And it might get a little bit controversial, but I'm okay with that. That's kind of who I am. (laughs) Unplanned, unwanted, unborn. All babies are a blessing. All babies are a blessing. Unplanned, unwanted, unborn, all babies are a blessing. And God has a plan for those children. God has a plan for your children. God has a plan for you. And sometimes the devil wants to cut something off before it ever gets started. And so we as a church wanted to proclaim to you really quickly, and I, specifically me, um, that I know sometimes things are difficult, and sometimes there is that shame, but all babies are a blessing. If you're unmarried, babies are a blessing. If you're a teenager, babies are a blessing. In a scenario that does not make sense, babies are a blessing. There's no reason. You've got, if, if you're in a situation where it feels like you cannot have this child, there's a church around you. Someone say that there's a church around me. Someone say that there's a church around me. There's a church around me. There's a God around me who's going to supply everything that I need. We will not give up on you. We will not leave you behind. God is here with you. And if you really feel like you cannot raise this child, give me or my wife a call and we will adopt your child. Babies are always a blessing. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? I love you guys. This is so much fun. Who's having fun? Ow! Come on. Can I tell you something? This is not the end of the story. There is, you know, Jesus Jesus keeps coming. But uh, I want to tell you about the, the, the child to be born from Zechariah and what happened with him. Can you turn with me to John chapter 3? I mean, Luke chapter 3, starting in verse 3. I'm not sure if it's going to be on the screen, so don't worry about that. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight. Can I have the worship team come back up? And the rough places shall be made level, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. What's cool is that um, John the Baptist grows up, and he becomes a wild man. How many of you are wild people? How many wild people do we have? Just me. Cool. There's, John the Baptist grows up to become a wild man, and um, he actually goes out into the wild and becomes a voice in the wild for Jesus. He, he preaches the word, and, and people come from the city out into the wild to hear him preach by a river. And they just went like, like, this is so good. I just need to repent. I just need to get rid of all the stuff that God doesn't want in my life. I need to be baptized. John, can you do it? And John's like, I can do it. And he pushes them down into the water and pulls them back up. Don't worry, they get back up. And... John is a wild man. The Bible says that he wears camel fur. He's got a belt. He, he, oh, that's not really that wild. He eats locusts and wild honey. He's a wild man. And he is the exact opposite of the child that I'd expect Zechariah to have. Right? Because Zechariah 
was a man of faith, but he let unbelief shut his mouth. But John's, the bath, John's legacy was changed by that one encounter with Jesus. John the Baptist's legacy was forever changed by that one encounter with Jesus. Mary's leap of faith led to his leap for joy, and then his mouth was opened. For most of us, our past will become our future. The things that we did yesterday will become the things that we do tomorrow. Unless there is a dramatic change, we will keep living the life that we always have lived. But can I declare over you that Jesus can change your legacy. Jesus can change your future. Who you have been, the habits you do have, the sin that messes with your heart, the shame that hurts you each and every day, Jesus can change your legacy. John the Baptist gets up and he becomes a voice in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord. See, when you encounter Jesus, your voice changes. Your mouth changes. The things that you speak change and you become a voice in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord for someone else. In all the hard places and all the rocky places and all the mountainous places, the places where the curve, there's a curve in the road, it's all made straight and easy and level. The path becomes easy and Jesus walks into their lives because you were willing to open up your mouth. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to open up your mouth. Have you ever been in a situation when someone, God was speaking to you, go talk to them about me. Tell them about me. And you're like, Jesus, I'm in the grocery store. I remember one time I was at the grocery store. This is not in my notes. I was at the grocery store. It was literally like week three of the pandemic. And I'm at the grocery store and everyone's saying hi to each other and waving at each other. I'm like, this is weird. Like, this doesn't happen. I guess everyone's terrified. Um, and I was in the meat aisle. And this old elderly woman walks up to me and says hi to the baby that I'm with. And she's like, can you pray for me? I'm like, oh my gosh. And the and so we pray and we just have this really beautiful moment where Jesus just invades the meat aisle at Martin's I, I hate to break it to you because you are that walking temple because there was fire sent down to consecrate you because Jesus has put his spirit inside of you you are a walking temple you are a walking holy of holies and Jesus has sent you out into the world not to invite someone to church but to be the church out there, to see them child of their lives changed because you are willing to open up your mouth and be a voice in the wilderness. See, God's got something going on, and it's called His church. It's called the people of God moving out. It's called His freedom breaking out. It's called the veil is torn. He's no longer behind there. He's running out wild in the world, and He's using you to change lives. I'm going to read one more thing to you because we're on our series about words and your loud mouth. Can you guys stand with me? Can you stand with me? Just to wake up any sleeping people. I see you, Chandler. I know you were asleep. John chapter 1, verse 1. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You've heard that Jesus is the King of Kings. You've heard that he is the Lord of Lords, but did you know that he is the word of words? That I can speak a word over you now, but there's no better word than the name of Jesus to speak over your life. That he is the word of words. And we know that words can change our situation. Words can change the people around us. Words can change our future. And Jesus can change your situation. Jesus can change your life. Jesus can change your future. He is the word of words. The Bible says that it's the Bible. Believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I will be saved. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I don't know about you, but I believe that there are definitely, just by statistics, I don't even have a word from the Lord, just by statistics, that there are people who are struggling with unbelief in some area or another this morning. And Jesus wants to speak into your situation and say, believe again. Believe again. Trust me again. And I know that there are some people in this room who've been playing church for far too long. Maybe their entire lives. Maybe you've been in church for 40 years and you've just been playing church this entire time. And now Jesus is speaking to your heart and he wants to change you. He wants to renew you. He wants to show you his death and resurrection. And he wants to exchange your sinful life for his glorious life. Could you bow your heads for me? If that's you, I'm speaking to the people that either are far off from Jesus and need to be brought back close, or people that have never met Jesus before. If that's you, can you raise your hand right now? I see you. Yes, I see you. I see you. I see you. Amen. Anybody else? Remember we talked about the Jesus leaving the 99 for the 1. I know there's one more. Let me see you. Don't miss this opportunity. We're not leaving anybody behind. Show me your hands. Amen. I see you. Amen. God, we know right now you are in this place. You are doing something so special, Jesus. If that's you, can we pray together? Church, can we all pray together? This is your opportunity to... to to just watch Jesus move the word of Jesus spoken over your life say this with me repeat after me Jesus save my life Jesus save my life I believe in the cross in your sacrifice that you died and that you rose again Jesus I believe that resurrection means encounter and I'm meeting with you right now. Take my life of sin and exchange it for your life of goodness. I am yours. And you are mine. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can we give a round of applause for everyone that prayed that prayer? 
Come on, it's a celebration. Come on, the prodigal has returned home. The poor we thought was dead is now alive. Come on, get louder. Come on, get louder. Someone found Jesus today. Ow! That's good news. Woo! So good, so good. I've got one more challenge for the people. I got one more challenge for the people because I, I don't want to just speak to the people that, that didn't know Jesus before this moment. I want to speak to people that have known Jesus for a long time and unbelief has shut your mouth. I want belief to open your mouth. Down here, they were on the speaker, so they're all over the place. So, you know, we did pre present them well eventually at one point. But there are Easter cards down here. I, if you are going to take the challenge for a moment and say, God, I'm going to take these cards and I'm going to give them to my friends, my coworkers, my family. I'm going to invite them to church next weekend. Don't come up here and grab cards and leave them in your car. Come up them, grab, it's like, I'm taking, this is my challenge. I'm going to give every single one of these cards out to someone, okay? If that's you, you're going to move during the next song, grab it and head back to your seat, and then you're going to worship harder than you've ever worshiped Jesus because you're going to say, God, I believe you're going to open up my mouth. I believe you're going to use me as a voice in the wilderness because I know my God is good. Can I get an amen? Amen, church. Let's worship Jesus.